Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, or afternoon, or morning, whenever you're listening to us on the Believe in Monsters podcast. We appreciate everybody jumping in and joining us for another edition of the Believe in Monsters podcast. We are proud partners of the Believe Network. You can find us at BIM underscore pod. Find my friend Lucas Berry at LBerry underscore 40. Chris Krogman at Shy Bears 1985. And I am Joe Gaither at Joe Gaither 6. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight or today or this morning, whatever time you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of offseason topics because the Bears finally have settled on an offensive core Coordinator Shane Waldron from the Seattle Seahawks is coming in to take over as the next offensive coordinator. We're going to figure out or discuss how he fits in with our Chicago Bears, with the current lineup, with the current roster, how the roster might need to shuffle around or shift to make his offense run, and of course, how it all relates to the Datgum quarterback position as the Chicago Bears have the number one overall pick. But before we get into that, we need to let you know we might, we may or may not see Chris Krugman tonight. He's been working a lot of great deals for his company, uh, so he may he may be joining us a little bit later tonight. But if not, it'll just be Lucas and I on this episode, and we will get you through it. Lucas Barry, how's your day going? How's your week? And uh, you ready to talk some Chicago Bears? I am ready to talk some Chicago Bears, Joe. I mean, we were waiting for. I don't know, a couple weeks there for an offensive coordinator hire. The Bears kind of took their time through it, but it still seems like they got their top guy. So uh, exciting things for the team. You know, the offensive coordinator with experience is all we've been crying about, and now we finally get it. We'll break it all down, see see how it's all going. Uh, You know what else is crazy, Joe? I mean, I'm used to this by now because we're Bears fans, but, like, the way the offseason hits, like, so quickly, like, next Saturday we're already talking in Senior Bowl getting ready for the draft. Um, I remember last year, I mean, we, we covered the senior bowl a ton. We had live reports from it all the time. So there's not much of a break. I mean, we're, we're right in the thick of draft season right away. Absolutely. And, 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 the, and the bears get to be, you know, I get made fun of a lot by some of my friends that, Oh, it's bear season. It's draft season. That's your, that's your super bowl, Joe. But this year and last year with the number one overall pick, we really are the center of attention, and there's a lot going into what the Bears will do with that number one overall pick. We've discussed it a good bit on the show so far. Uh, will the Bears trade out? Should they keep fields? Are they taking Caleb Williams? Are they taking Drake May or somebody else? Let's just get into it with Shane Waldron, and then we'll move into how it relates to the draft, and there's a weird trade floating around from the Raiders, and then we'll kind of see where we end up from there. Shane Waldron is hired for the Seahawks. The Seahawks were going through transition. Pete Carroll Carroll goes up into the front office and kind of advisor role, and I guess Shane Waldron falls into a situation where I don't know if I have a job or not because the organization's in a little flux, Uh, and he interviews. The Bears interviewed a lot of candidates. We we talked about that on the last episode. But Uh, he interviewed immediately. Right. The day he was let go. That night, I think they had the interview out. And so he's he was chosen, and it sounds like he's going to run a lot of what eleven personnel. Uh, and look, I watched a couple of videos with Colt McCoy uh, discussing some of his concepts, and he just seems like a guy who wants to put his playmakers in good positions to make plays. Uh, kind of a quarterback friendly offense. Obviously, we saw what he did with 
Geno Smith over the last two years or after he was written off. Lucas, what does this hire tell you about the direction uh, the Bears are taking their offense? So kind of when the Bears kept Chris Morgan, I think we all kind of raised our eyebrows and thought it was interesting that, you know, they're firing basically the whole entire offensive staff, but they're keeping the O-line coach, um, you know, curious. So it kind of gave away that they were going to stick with a similar type of West Coast scheme because that's obviously what Chris Morgan runs. He runs he wants to run the outside zone, which we didn't see too much of from the Bears before, even though we thought it was coming. But similar type run scheme, you kind of thought they would stick with that style of offense, keeping him. And I think he did a great job at the O-line. So no harm in keeping him. Just felt weird that they would let everyone else go keep him and stick him with the new coach. But so that was kind of a dead tell of what the Bears' plans were. But yeah, I mean, Shane Waldron brought. I mean, let's be real. Bears fans are thinking of this guy like he is, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Seahawks fans are telling us, you know, he's not that good. He's overrated. The truth probably falls somewhere in between. This guy is probably a pretty decent offensive coordinator, nothing special. But, you know, just going by some of the advanced metrics, EPA, DVOA, he's right in that 10 to 12 range. So, like, right above average offenses. But, I mean, hey, Joe, how uh, wouldn't you kill for the Bears to be right in that 10 to 12 range? Uh, league offense wise, it's better than the 25 to 32 range right. that they've been hanging out in the last handful right. of years. <laughs> I, I, I guess my, I guess my point is no, this guy is not Kyle Shanahan. The bears aren't going to magically have the number one offense in the league, but it's definitely an upgrade over what they've been working with. And, and, and also, you know, you know, as well as I do, Joe, uh, the quarterback will also play a big part in how successful your offense ultimately is. So, just the fact that he was able to work with Gino and and kind of those two together. I don't like giving credit where it's not due to people. You know, obviously Gino Smith worked very hard to get where he is, but that duo, you know, overcame a lot of uh, adversity and, you know, well, they say so much of the NFL, Luke, is fit. You know, they talk about quarterbacks and what systems they go into. Uh, and it seemed like, obviously, that was a good fit for Geno. My, my my big thing is, uh, and really kind of where I want to move this, is Matt Eberflus was reportedly in these offensive coordinator interviews. You know, you, you hear outside noise. You hear all outside noise about, oh, all of these coordinators were told they're going to coach the number one pick or this, that, or the other. All of these coordinators are told they're going to take uh, coach Caleb Williams. Apparently, Matt Eberflus was in these meetings uh, kind of dangling both sides of the coin at folks. Hey, you know, Justin Fields isn't that bad. I know the narrative is this and that and the other, but uh, he's fixable. You can fix him. And then apparently on the uh, <laughs> same vein, the same sentences, he said, or if we really love Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, somebody, one of these quarterbacks, we'll take them and you'll have a great opportunity either way. Just how attractive is or was the offensive coordinator position uh, with with the Chicago Bears? So for your first that first bit of info, I do think that's funny because the Bears are going to play this flip flop game all off season. Uh, you know, they interviewed Kingsbury, they interviewed uh, Roman, so it's like, oh, are they keeping fields? Or are they not? I mean, they're going to play that game all off season. But what's funny is that leak came from, I believe, Albert Breer who came out with something else today with a conversation he had with Cliff Kingsbury, how Caleb Williams was very similar to Mahomes. So 
you know, sirens in my head going off. Cliff Kingsbury is probably leaking that info from the Bears interview right to Breer. And Kingsbury is, hey, yeah, draft my boy Caleb. And then Eberflus is probably like, well, you know, this Justin guy's pretty good. Like, you know what I mean? It's just kind of posturing one way or another. I don't think you can really take much from that. But I just think it's funny that Kingsbury is most likely the obviously the outlet for that leak to Breer. Um, second point. Just how attractive was the job? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I heard someone else. I think it was Kevin Fishbane said this quote. He, he said, being the quarterback will get you a statue built for yourself in Chicago if you're good. The same can be said as the offensive coordinator. Like, I don't know. It, it really is that kind of job where if you elevate this offense, you know, you are going to be paraded ta- around town like you're the greatest thing ever. And they used – Adam Gase as an example, and I thought that was awesome because he landed two head coaching gigs after getting a few good seasons out of Cutler. Um, but, you know, you have the number one pick. Obviously, that's a huge draw. Um, I feel like even if the Bears didn't outwardly say it to you, I feel like you probably have a good idea of where they're going with that. I feel like a lot of the NFL knows where this thing's going. Um, but either way, even if you did get, you know, kept Justin Fields and you added a Marvin Harrison or, or whatever, Either way, you still have plenty of weapons to work with. And you're going to have a lot of leeway with, you know, Matt Eberflus not meddling. So uh should be interesting, but I, I do think this was one of the more attractive job openings. And, you know, I'm not just trying to toot the bear's own horn here, but I, I think compared to some other spots with some dead ends, like, I don't know, the Saints or the Raiders or something, like, it's a little bit better. Well, how does okay? Let's say let's let's say this works out to a level ten. Great, Shane Waldron it puts on a top eight offense, top twelve offense on the field, something in that range. Not number one, but pretty good. A big step forward. How concerned are you with the fact that okay, uh, top offensive minds are often poached away to be head coaches in the in our league? Uh, will we? You know, let's say Shane Waldron works out. Will we get? I'm throwing two? a parade. If yeah. Shane Waldron's that good where he gets hired, the quarterback is probably an MVP candidate and the Bears are in the playoffs. Take him. I don't care. It doesn't matter at that point. Like I said, Joe, it's the partnership between him and Gino, quarter, whatever. The pairing between the OC and quarterback, they're tied together. So if he's getting hired, I mean, the Bears offense is awesome. And that is great news for all of us. And if it's awesome, it's going to be awesome for whoever's OC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me throw something uh, before we keep – let me throw uh, – a conversation that we're going to need to have here pretty soon about Darnell Mooney speaking about offense uh I've been kind of reading that Darnell Mooney obviously not a good season this year not a good season um either injury or schematics or Justin Field whoever you want to blame it on wasn't a good season there's been a little bit of talk a little bit of discussion about bringing Darnell Mooney back on a team-friendly deal uh with this new offensive coordinator because of the amount of wide receivers and the, because of the amount of deep shots deep down the field that Shane Waldron likes to call will we see any negotiations with Darnell Mooney I mean I mean obviously they will discuss it a little bit, but like, will we hear about any like, Oh, movement towards Darnell Mooney? Oh, are you interested in keeping him? Are we punting Darnell Mooney and just trying to draft and see what we have in Tyler Scott or make Bayless Jones, whoever you want or hit free agency as best you want, best you can with Mike Evans. 
Yeah, it's an interesting question because I do think Mooney would play a different role in this offense than he's been playing. But to be truthfully honest, I don't think like even we saw it in Getzi's offense. Uh, a lot of these West Coast guys, Shanahan, McVay, McVay's the tree, obviously Waldron comes from. They love blocking wide receivers like you have to be able to block in the run game. Um, so, yeah, if you're in this offense, you got to be a good blocker and Mooney tries. But how many times did we see? him get demolished, you know, out in the open field or trying to lead block on a screen or something. So I don't know, man. I, I think the bears are going to pivot this year away from him. Um, it's an unfortunate end. Cause I really liked Mooney. He had that breakout thousand yard year and I don't know. I just don't think the fit with Getsy or even in this offense will be good for him. Well, one thing the Seattle Seahawks have done over the last at least three, four years is use many running backs. They've used a lot of running back. Nobody really, I guess they wanted to make Rashad Penny the lead dog when he they, when they drafted him, and that didn't really work out due to injury and such, and they wanted probably to do the same thing with Kenneth Walker, and who do they have? Zach Charbonnet as well, but now they've kind of rotated all those guys, and oh, you get... 15%. Oh, you get 40%. Oh, you get 30 Nobody's taking a huge lion's share of the uh, running back repetitions, at least in the Seattle backfield. How's this going to play out with our guys? I mean, we loved Roshan Johnson on the show. We loved Deontay Foreman on the show. I think we liked uh, Khalil Herbert, but injuries hampered him this year. We're going to bring all three of these guys back. You've got Herbert on another, uh, at least for another year. You've got Roshan for three. Deontay Foreman signed a two year deal, right? Last offseason or a one year deal? Uh, so, one so year. You, you've, okay, so he's a free agent. Deontay Foreman's a free agent. Uh, and then you were a big Travis Homer guy this, this past offseason. What's going to play? Are we going to make running back a priority in the draft? Or is that going to be a position that we're going to kind of adopt the Seahawks mindset over the last couple of years and just kind of throw a couple of random bodies at it to fill different roles and different needs? Yes, yeah, so I think. Um, well, well, first, I guess it's kind of hard to discern about Waldron's run game in Seattle because it wasn't great, but they also had many issues on their offensive line. They had a lot of injuries. Uh, and I even think guys like Kenneth Walker are pretty injury prone. So I honestly don't know how the backfield will shake out. I do think uh, Khalil Herbert is a good fit in this you know zone running scheme. Uh, I am interested to see who else they'll add. I mean, I mean, I know we make fun of it. We see obviously the the dynamic ability Gibbs is adding to the Lions defense, uh, Lions offense. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to draft a running back in the first round, but if you're telling me Bears are going to use a somewhat high investment if they get picks back for fields or whatever on a running back, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, the big thing for me, though, Joe, in that aspect is you got to be able to catch the ball. Like, the reason Gibbs is so good and so valuable is because he's such a dynamic receiver, too, so you can get him the ball a multitude of ways. Um, yeah, I, I, I think running back is always kind of one of those low-key needs you can always add to the room and get better at. Sure, Foreman was nice. We don't really have that explosive guy, though, in the backfield. No, no, you don't. And so I think that's going to be somebody that you're going to have to go out and look for. You don't want to spend a whole lot of money in free agency. I've seen a lot of silly Bears fans teasing the Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Barkley. Again, no. they'll never let it go. I, no. I, don't think, I, I don't think that is a position Poles would sink his teeth heavy into, though, honestly. Um, but I guess to answer your overall question, I don't know how this backfield's going to shake out under Waldron. I think it'll probably be a lot of what we've seen with Getzey riding the hot hand. I, I mean, we kind of saw the same stuff, right, that you just described in Seattle with Getzey, Joe, right? 
some games you got Foreman sprinkled in here or there, you know, large chunks of Herbert, whatever. I mean, it was just random. What does it mean to you, the Bears fan, that they're bringing in an experienced play caller in this league? Finally. We haven't had it in forever, man. Right, uh, right. But let, but like I told you, you know, my expectation is, uh, you know, I, I know the first time he has a bad sequence of plays or a, you know, bad game and everyone is going to say fire him. It's you got to got to set your expectations that it's not going to be perfect. This guy's not. Like I said, he's not going to be Kyle Shanahan. It should be better, you know, more in the middle than we've had. It should be less up and less down. But it is funny, Joe, hearing some of these Seahawks beat writers kind of describe Waldron. Um, Because one of the first things they say is, oh, he's he's great on the opening drive. Like Seahawks are one of the best opening drive teams. And then he tampers down a little bit. And he goes through these ruts call and plays every now and then. And, you know, the Seahawks were one of the worst teams in the red zone and on third down last year. So uh, I don't know. A lot of it just, it's funny because if you just hear it, it all sounds like Luke Getzey over again. But like I said, I think there, there'll be more of more of a middling consistency, at least unless bottoming out. Well, one thing that the Seahawks have had over the last couple of years really is uh, what Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and they drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba pretty high this past year. So three really nice receivers. You can argue if anyone's like top tier. I think DK is pretty top tier. They're all doing something strong. Obviously, Smith and Jigba is a rookie, so he's got more room to grow. Look, in Chicago, it's DJ Moore and it's Cole Komet. And Cole Komet is not really um, your explosive player. Very reliable, very reliable, but not really explosive. Uh, look, and you think about the, the Seahawks offense, Will Disley, they really haven't had a, a, a pass-catching tight end outside of the red zone, which I imagine Cole Komet is still going to feast in the red zone. Um, but we got to go get some wide receivers. We got to go get some pass catchers. What would this offense look like with a Mike Evans opposite DJ Moore? Or what would this offense look like with a Mike Evans and Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, all three guys hanging out? <laughs> hanging, or more Mike Evans and Roma Dune, somebody like that. Maybe a, a, a Malik Neighbors as well. What would this offense look like with two more receivers? Yeah, I definitely think adding two more receivers is a key, Joe. Um, you know, I, I again, my expectation is not that they're going to – I think they're either going to use a high investment on a wide receiver or they're going to spend a decent chunk of change on one. Uh, my head wants to tell me that they're probably opting – they'd probably rather get the cheaper guy on the rookie deal than spend a ton of money on a Mike Evans. But I'm agreeing with you that they will probably add at least two more weapons this year, even if you get – I don't know, a Marquise Brown or someone like that. I know we just talked about blocking. Never mind. Maybe not. I don't know. Just using it as an example of like a mid-tier free agent. Uh, they they have to do it, and it'll be interesting to see what their prototype is um, for, you know, for that role in this new offense. Well, you want Could to also be about- t- another tight end, man. I mean, would you be shocked if Ryan Poles took Brock Bowers if he was hanging out there at nine or something like that? I would love it from a personal standpoint. I think he's a great blue chip prospect. And really, Luke, I know, I know so many people, so many 
so many coaches get caught up in their system. This guy doesn't fit our system. This guy is, dude, take the best players, take the blue chippers and make your system move around it. And if, and if it's Brock Bowers at nine right there, that dude can block. That dude can uh, get well, out. Well, in, in. That's my point. It, it doesn't necessarily just have to be a receiver. You know, Brock Bowers is a massive weapon you could add to this offense, just hypothetically. And uh, to add to that, I mean, the the Seahawks were actually, I think, top five in 12 personnel last year and top 10 in 13 personnel. So they used two and three tight ends a lot. Well, with that note, uh, we need to catch up and find our friend Chris Krogman. Chris Krogman spent the week in business world, in business land, making lots of money, setting up the new year, but we're happy that he can uh, jump in. Yeah, money, money maker. Chris, we're talking about Shane Waldron, and we're kind of setting it up. We've gone through position by position a little bit already, running back, wide receiver. Um, Just give us your overall impression of the hire. Are you happy with Shane Waldron? What do you make of it? Uh, well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, Joe, you look like you got a fresh cut over there, looking very dapper and handsome. Luke, your beard is always looking lovely. Uh, it sounds like, I mean, to me, I, I like the hire. I think it was very obvious they were looking for somebody from uh, everybody's favorite offense, which is the Shanahan McVay uh, tree. So, it seems like a good hire. Waldron seems like the the guy that a lot of teams wanted to go after after the uh, Seahawks decided to part ways with Pete Carroll and allow their staff to look elsewhere. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of staff he builds out. Curious to see how he works with players. You know, not just designs or runs his scheme or whatever, but how he uh, sets our players up for success, whoever that may be, whether it's, you know, whoever, whoever is at whatever position, I don't really, you know, want to put labels on any or put players in any certain position yet, but um, I'm excited. I think, um, you know, he did a lot of good things with uh, with Geno Smith, and you know, even I think when Drew Locke came in, they did they they still were able to move the ball pretty pretty effectively. Uh, so, yeah, I like the hire. I'm excited. Well, we're talking about wide receivers uh, at the moment and how he utilizes three wide receiver sets. We've kind of touched on Darnell Mooney, the potential of him coming back on a team-friendly deal. But outside of Darnell Mooney, you basically got DJ Moore and our buddy Cole Komet. What's a uh, type of wide receiver? Would you like? Oh, would you like? Would you rather see Ryan Poles invest the wide receiver in the draft or in free agency, Chris Krogman? Can it be both? Sure. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think we, we're probably looking at some different guys coming in. I mean, I think ESB was only on a one-year deal. Uh, you got Velas still. I think. I think it'd be interesting to see what Waldron does with Velas because I think Velas is a is a weapon, and they finally figured out that they can move him around more. Like it's funny that everybody was like, "Oh yeah, he's you know he's the Debo Samuel," and then they didn't freaking use him like Debo Samuel until they finally started running him in the backfield more towards the end of the year, and he's picking up like ten yards a carry. Um, not saying he's going to do that every time, but shit, you give that guy three to five carries a game, and he's gonna he's gonna do some do some things with the ball. Yeah. Uh, and and Waldron likes to run that quick game, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how he uses Velas. But I mean, you got 
DJ, you have uh, Velas Jones, you have Tyler Scott, and then a bunch of nothing, right? Um, it, no idea what we're going to do after that. So I'd like to see investment in both areas, uh, whether that's, you know, I mean, shit, dude, Mike Evans is, is going to be a free agent. And so is Baker. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, do there um, in, in Tampa Bay. Uh, I know Lucas is a big Mike Evans fan, so I'm sure you guys probably brought that up already. Uh, but, um, yeah, and then this draft class is fantastic. So, Absolutely. um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think Lucas has mentioned this in other, you know, lines of communication, but trading out of nine is probably something Pulse is going to look to do because – we don't have that second round pick and there is a lot of talent in this draft uh, at other spots. Plus, you know, you do need to build a team around the quarterback. You know, I know that's the, the argument seems to be either or like build around fields or draft Williams. Well, you can still draft Williams and build around Williams. I mean, if that's the route that choose to go at one. So, um, but this, this draft class is deep at wide receiver. So I like to see both. Well, Chris, I, th- I brought this up before the show started. Um, can you believe the Senior Bowl is next weekend already? What? No. It's next Saturday. Actually, I can because it's always the end of January. But it's just, dude, it's crazy. It's like I didn't realize that. I mean, I know the Bears suck and don't make the playoffs, but I didn't realize that literally like we're already basically in full swing draft season already. And the Bears have multiple coaches at the Senior Bowl again, which is awesome to see. Yeah. Which means they have coaches there, which means I'm pretty sure only certain GMs get to talk to the players. Like if you're coaching on that staff, I don't know if you have to be the head coach though or whatever. All right, let me throw this at both of you guys real quick as we keep going here. The Chicago Bears this past year averaged 323 yards per game, offensively speaking. That is good for 20th in the league. All right, not as bad as I thought because earlier in the episode I said 25 to 30 to 32. All right, that's good for 20th in the league through 17 games. What is the mark? What's the improvement mark uh, that Shane Waldron needs to hit to make this a successful uh, successful move? Is it 16th in the league? Half? Uh, put us under the top half. Is it 12th or higher? Is it not? What do you think is, uh, oh, wow, we really upgraded an offensive coordinator because the Bears finished X or Y or Z in the offense this year? What what are we saying he needs to rank next year to improve? You know, to, to, to make you feel like this was a successful hire. Or is it all about we don't care what the actual number is, where they finish in total offense, get us to the damn playoffs. Shit, man. Like this is another this is another microwave scenario of convenience and fucking pressure. Like we're gonna immediately say, all right, if this if dude in year one with a potentially rookie quarterback or Numb nuts field learning another system. We're gonna say he does has to do this or it's this. I think for me to see his success is he has to design an offense around the talent he has and make him and 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 have growth throughout the year. Like we obviously saw growth with the defense throughout the year last year with with Eberflus taking over at play calling and then 
just getting better and adding sweat and, you know, so on and so forth. I just want to see an improved offense throughout the year. Um, yeah, I don't, they, I don't, I, yeah. I don't think you can put a number on it. I mean, it generally, if the offense is good, the number will be good, but you know, it comes down to like play sequencing game plans, you know, how situational play calling stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. There's because there's just so many holes with like Getzy's play calling was obvious. He was a bad play caller. I feel like it'll be on the flip side, kind of obvious if he's, you know, a good or better play caller. But like I said earlier, Joe, I think, uh, I do think bears fans expectations. Of this guy are, are probably way too high. That's kind of what I want to get at is like, uh, incrementally, but like, okay. Is everybody just expecting to go 500 yards a game? That's not realistic. Even if you go out and get I, Mike <laughs> Evans, you know, what's, what's, think, what's the complimentary football? Is that kind of just at least the, the just like, just like actual NFL offense. Like I literally, like we were below and at like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you can tell competent play calling slash offense when you see it. And last year the bears were so far behind in that category that it was like, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, like I said, Joe, I think Waldron is probably above average, all things considered. I don't think he'll be anything spectacular. I think he'll just be above averagely better than what we've had. Above averagely better. <laughs> we like yeah, that. I mean, Chris, I, I feel like some Bears fans are, are like thinking this guy might be like the next Shanahan or something. But just like the gap between him and Getzy to me is so big that the bears offense will be better. Where do you, where, where, where do you see the gap? Like what's the biggest difference to you in that gives you the most amount of confidence? You mean between Waldron and Getzy? Yeah. Experience. Well, experience is one, but I mean, getsy has been calling plays for two years now too. So, uh, the biggest gap for me is I, I told Joe, I think the advanced metrics say a lot of, like there's a few statistics. I really take, put a lot of stock into, and that's EPA and DVOA. And I think the Seahawks were right around 10 to 12th in each of those categories. Um, and I think the bears were, you know, way toward the bottom there. That alone gives me a lot of hope. And then just the development of Gino. And I told Joe this, I mean, the QB and OC kind of go hand in hand. It's hard to give one guy way more credit than the other, but just the ability to create something with and around Gino that worked gives me confidence. So, Lucas, you talked about personnel groupings earlier, and I, I looked it up. Um, so last year. Were they like third and 12th personnel? They were, well. This breaks it down even further, like first down formation and everything like that. Uh, so their run pass was 64-35, which that doesn't add up, but whatever. Um, yeah, that's close enough. That's, that's 1% punts. That's 1% punts. God, I would hope they're not taking into consideration punts, but whatever. It's probably <laughs> just it's probably just the differences. Right. Uh, Decimals yeah. or whatever. At first down, they were in 11, 42% of the time, which was by far the most of their groupings, and 26% of the time they were in 12. 33% uh, shotgun, 
with a single back, obviously. Uh, their average depth of target on first down was 7.2, which is fucking so, nuts, dude. So that's, that's the thing. Waldron, I mean, that's actually probably the biggest difference between Waldron and Getzey right there is that Waldron tries to – Waldron throws deep a lot on first down. That's not the first time I heard that stat, but it just reminded me of that, Chris. Where I feel like Getzey would play to make third down manageable. So here's one that's interesting. Run gap over the guard was 42% of the time. Over the tackles, 24% of the time. And over the end is 33% of the time. So not a lot of zone, outside zone. Most of the targets to the to the wide receiver, 42% left, 39% right, 18% middle. 18% middle? That means Justin Fields, you don't have to throw to the middle anymore? <laughs> What was the Bears' percent of middle of the field throws? Seven like zero. Uh, give me one second. I can yeah, do. I'm gonna guess twelve percent. Oh, this is funny. Uh, what is that pre? Pass rate over expected on first down. The Seahawks were no pass rate over expected on any downs. The Seahawks were over by 0.2 percent. So pretty pretty straight up. Bears were minus five percent. That's neat. Yeah. Uh, so your question was bears, what middle of the field passing middle of the field passing. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to know this terrible. It it's gotta be like, it was more than the Seahawks. 23%. Really? No, I'm sorry. It was 15%. That was okay. target target distance. What was, that was the Seahawks? That was, Sorry, that was tar- target distributions were 18% to the or 23% to the tight end. So sorry, target location, middle of the field, Bears 15%, Seahawks 18%, and then left, right are pretty much identical. 43 and 42, 41 and 39. Well, does that say anything about, you know, keep about keeping a quarterback? I, look, I, I'll just put it out there. There ain't no way they're keeping fields, in my opinion. Right now, at this point, at this point. Now, maybe I'm wrong, and I've been wrong before. But, like, at this point in the year, after we – maybe after the – maybe I, the playoffs have me jaded watching Degum. It's not watch- even that. It's the uh, the Shanahan offense just doesn't make sense for fields. It didn't make right. sense for fields when they brought in Getzey. And even though it's the same offense, it's makes no sense for Fields because he's not a timing passer. Uh, let me throw this at you, Krogman. I've been seeing uh, I've been seeing a report that what Al Davis? No, uh, who's Al Davis? Mike Davis, right? Mike's the son. I think this is just a, a fan account report, but right, but but Al Davis has been apparent. Who? What's the son? The son is Mike, Mark Davis. right? Mark, 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 Mark. That Mark Davis is in love with Caleb Williams. And therefore, uh, to get Caleb Williams, they will offer the Bears three number one picks, two number two picks, and one number three pick, along with a quality player. Do you take that deal? Let's say the quality player is Max Crosby. Do you take that deal? No. No. Lucas? Lucas? I don't think they would ever give you that. I really don't. Um, yeah, I, I would consider the deal if if it was actually Crosby as the player and three first. So where are they where are they at eight nine? Where's where are the Raiders? 
NFL draft. I will find that out. NFL draft order 2024. The Las Vegas Raiders select. I feel like they're in the same spot as they were last year. I feel like the draft order 13. feels like it was. They're at 13. Fuck no. Fuck no. I'm not dropping to 13. Hell no. Like he you're forcing it. you're forcing yourself to keep fields at that point. They won that many games. My, yeah, my they Antonio Pierce had them on a winning streak. They're eight, they went eight and nine. Uh, they went eight and nine. Uh, my point, I'm saying no as well. I think all three of us are saying no because if Caleb Williams is actually worth three ones, two twos, one three, and Max Crosby, then we need to shoot ourselves in the fuck. We, 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 we need to put earplugs in and just go draft him right now. Say, I don't care what the, what y'all are offering us. If he's worth Max Crosby, three ones, <laughs> two twos, and a three, you say, oh, Roger Goodell, don't even put us on the fucking clock. Give us Caleb Williams right now. Yes. Mm. I agree. I mean, with the, aren't we desperate for a quarterback, Luke? Yeah, that's a good deal, though. <laughs> that's a really good deal. I I just don't think you would ever get that, but yeah, but like if but, you did, I okay. I but then what? But then what? Then what's your plan at quarterback? Like, oh, I mean, I mean, is it, I mean are you happy with like Bo Nix or something, or like are you keeping Fields in that situation? Yeah, no, I think you would have to, and then yeah, potentially use that Raiders pick to draft a bow next or someone, but, or whoever you feel comfortable with, but at that point, yeah, you basically have to keep fields. No, thank you. I'm pretty much done with that guy. As cool as he is, he is still cool in my book, but I'm pretty much done with uh, him playing quarterback for the Chicago bears. So there was, so there was a rumor that last year, the Vikings we're doing everything in their power to get Anthony Richardson, and we're prepared to offer five first-round picks. Now there's a guy, five first-round. I don't fucking know, but I like what you can go an extra year into the future on draft day, right? Yeah, you right. can do four. I, right. So I mean, did they have two at any one time? Like I don't know if they have two already somehow. I don't know. But, that's that's a conversation I would entertain for sure. You know, give me five first round picks, then, 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 shit, dude. There there should be a quarterback in the next five years that I can give up two first for and go get right, right. So, but no, still, still, still would be very. I mean, dude, if the if the Colts wouldn't even do that for Richardson, why would I do that for for? No, I mean, Taylor you Williams, just you know what I mean. They just have to be absolutely right on it. But yeah, I. I don't know about you guys. I've been watching Caleb Williams games a lot now, and he's fucking good, man. I People just like to shit on him for no reason, but he's so fucking good. Dude, I mean, his Heisman season, I, I shit on the guy just because he, like, torched Notre Dame. Fucking torched them. And I was like, I, I don't like this gentleman, but he is a very good football player. Did he – he reminds me of Rodgers. I can't get it out of my head. He reminds me of fucking Rodgers. Well, the more you play to that narrative, the, the harder it'll get to be get it'll the harder it will be to get out of your head. I mean, if you just keep telling yourself that, you'll never see anything different. It's the off-platform stuff looks just like it, man. 
because I've seen just, Rogers do it to us constantly. It's like the same thing. I just want the intel. I just want the intelligence, man. I just want him to know what to do with the ball and do it. That's the thing, dude. I've seen other plays too. All right. Well, the first thing I have to say is watching those games, USC's offensive line is so fucking bad. Teams were literally rushing three guys like 50% of the time, and they would get home constantly. Like five, five versus three. And the but my point is being anyway, you see a lot of plays on Caleb's tape where pre-snap. Like he just knows the blitz is coming and he knows no one's going to block for him. Like I've seen him evade blitzers like at the snap and then still put the ball in the right spot. So, so I don't know. like he just seems like incredibly so he, smart. He recognizes a blitz before it actually happens. Yeah. <gasps> How nice would that be? So you, you, you have a, you have a guy that, um, that was supposed to be the number one offensive coordinator available. Potentially, a lot of teams wanted him, right? You think they're trying to sell him on keeping on anything but like Caleb? Like, why would you be excited to come to the Bears unless you're like, oh yeah, I get to work with this pick? No, absolutely. And and I think, I mean, I told you, Joe. I think Fields' fit is bad in this offense. I think Caleb's fit is really good in this West Coast style offense with his quick release. He's so he's so good at the quick game in the RPO. Like people like somebody was shitting on the fact that he ran RP, like extreme like a ton of RPO in college. Like that's a benefit. I think that's a good thing. Yes, if because you're you're well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Things are happening so fast, you're having to make the right decision so quick. Pull, you know, give or pull, pass quick, <laughs> you know, especially in college because you got little illegal man downfield. Uh, if you if you get those offensive linemen, what three yards down the field, uh, you're fucked. So you got to get rid of that ball pretty fast in an RPO. You know what I didn't know that happened in one of the playoff games is that there's no OPI inside of one yard. So you can rub you can run a rub route in one yard. That's fucking stupid. I would just plaster people inside of one yard. <laughs> I just run. My guys would just run right along the line of scrimmage and whack the the, the defender. Like, oh, no OPI. Sorry about it. It's your rule. That's why I think – That guy's dead. You know, Cole Komet just killed the guy. (laughs) That's why I think the uh, the Buccaneers two-point call for the, you know, goal line fade. I know Mike Evans is Mike Evans, but just run some sort of a pick play on that two-pointer. It ultimately didn't matter because Baker Mayfield threw the interception on the next drive. But I'm ready to see more just general – flow of the offense and I think that you know I, I I think I'm all in on Caleb Williams at this point and not trading that number one pick I, I what a week or two a couple of weeks ago I was hey let's trade back and get as much as we can but the quarterback is so important it's so important you were still fucking defending fields like with your with your whole chest like last podcast it, yep. it is yeah, yelling at Eberflus and making it all his fault. Yeah, before the Packers game, I thought I, I definitely thought you know here's your chance, uh, Justin Fields, to pass your test. And that's, we'll- see, that's what's crazy too, though, is that we put it all on one game, dude. It's like, and it's grasping at straws at that point. Either way, you know, like oh, okay, that was that was the nail in the coffin, right? And it was one game, or oh, hey, he. If he'd have th- thrown for 400 yards and four touchdowns, would have been like, man, he can do it. But he, like, there's like so many games where he couldn't break 200 fucking yards. 
I'm, I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't break 200 yards against the. Uh, did, didn't do that against the Packers. Y'all remember get- the midseason argument where uh, uh, shit Tyson Bajant threw over 200 yards and people were all excited about him, and like all the fields fluffers were out there telling us how sh- shitty that was, and then. Lucas was like, hey, you know, Fields has only thrown for 200 yards like five times in his three years. <laughs> like, wait, like, so you're all mad that this dude couldn't do it and Fields couldn't do it ever? And he's not an undrafted free agent? He was the 11th pick overall? So, I'm not asking, do you guys, do you guys think it's happening? Like, do you think we're getting Caleb Williams? Does I it do. feel like that? Uh, it feels like that right now, but man, you could talk me into anything right now. Other than, well, no. I think Caleb. I know, but I'm not. I guess I'm not trying to say like, how do you feel about it? Just like, like personally, like, just do you feel in general that you think it's going to happen? Have the betting odds gone anywhere? Have they just stayed the same at like well, minus two, two, three hundred or something like that? Like he's been the number what? for Caleb to be the number one pick. Caleb to be the number one pick's like minus fourteen hundred. So has it? So it's. I feel like that's gone up. It just. Then. It just doesn't – it has, but it doesn't specify which team's picking her. I mean, obviously, if the Bears the, – obviously, the Bears could trade out. Yeah, that's and true. And Caleb will still be the pick. But he's basically, I would say, almost a lock to go first. It's just a matter if the Bears are staying there. I think – I think it's – I think it's just – I think if they trade it and they're wrong – the amount of backlash is worse. Not only that, man. I yeah. really, yes. I, I feel like I feel like Ryan Poles probably sees his Mahomes in this situation. Like the similarities between Caleb and him are, are kind of crazy. I don't know. Where do you give Ryan Poles more grace, Luke? If he drafts Caleb Williams and three or four years down the line, we're like. Shit, it didn't work out. Or if he trades back from one to wherever and draft, say Drake May, blah blah blah, Bo Nix, or keeps Justin Fields, and we're still shitty. Where do where do you give him more grace? Oh, the first option, dude. <laughs> exactly. So the one of the knocks on Caleb has been like um, his performance against top five defenses or something like that. Or top t- top twenty five defenses, and somebody threw up as like because the other comparison is that he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck, and then Andrew Luck's numbers against top twenty five defenses are worse than Williams are, which is interesting. But yeah, I, somebody, I did. But then I somebody rebuted re- that, and I I couldn't tell who was accurate and who wasn't. So, but, so much bickering on Twitter, dude. Uh, so fun, so good. Love this. People are nuts, man. I just I'm ready for the QB decision to be made so we can move on. Oh my god, dude, we are still three months away, bro. I know, and, and I know the Bears are most likely going to take this a draft night, and we're most likely not going to know who we're taking. And we're going to be recording this podcast on here, shitting ourselves as we wait for the time to tick down. And uh, Justin Fields is still on our roster. So somebody said that he was like there was a rumor he was traded to the Falcons for a second rounder, like it was going to get done. Uh, Falcons hired a coach today. You want to make that a uh, kind of an aspect here? Does Raheem Morris want Justin Fields? They hired Raheem Morris. Yeah, yeah. And and the you Panthers hired. 
And the Panthers hired Dave Canales. Panthers hired Canales. Okay. So Belichick is without a job. Billy B. Rumors are that uh, Arthur Blank did not want to give total control to Bill Belichick as coach and GM. Who's the GM of the Falcons? They didn't fire that guy? Ryan Pace. <laughs> so, again, they didn't fire that guy? No. Well, Raheem Morris, huh? Interesting. I wonder who he's going to bring as an OC. I bet you it's uh, it's going to be somebody off that Rams. Zach stuff. Robinson. It's going to be somebody off that Rams stuff. Apparently, he was the runner-up for the Bears OC job. Zach Robinson. Interesting. How many OC jobs are open? Basically, all the head coaching jobs, I think. I think Ben Johnson's a lock for Washington. Just hasn't it can't be announced until after the playoffs. Should Zabianami could still be an OC somewhere next year? Yeah, yeah. Philly still gotta get gotta fill their spot. They fired both offense and defense coordinators. Both. Yeah, but aren't they aren't they gonna keep Patricia as the DC probably? No, they they fired him. They're gonna they actually the rumors that they're gonna hire Fangio. Is Fangio the and the, yeah, Fangio and yeah. the Dolphins part, parted ways. Yeah, and he almost had a deal. He almost had a deal with the Eagles. You're doing a lot year. of work this week. It's all good. <laughs> Man, what is happening, dude? I've been locked in a hotel for three days and nobody <laughs> don't know <laughs> shit. Yeah, oh my god. All these guys are on the move, man. And you know, nothing's quite settled yet. I mean, the only thing I knew for sure was Harbaugh, apparently. Harbaugh to the Chargers. Man. I'm glad that Jim Harbaugh, you know, obviously you had to fire Flues first, but you're sad that he's back in the league, but he's not with the Bears. I'm always yeah. going to be sad. I love that dude. I've wanted him to be the I coach for so I, many coaching cycles. Yeah, but, yeah, but dude, you're talking about since you were like, what, fucking, what are you, 28? 27. How old are you, Lucas? 27. 27. So he hasn't coached since you were 16 years old in the league, dude. And he was my dude. He was my favorite coach when I was growing that's up. That's the thing. I like he's been, he's been so detached for so long, and, and then like, he went to Michigan and just won. He lost one game in two years. Cheated. And he, Did he cheated. Cheater. College is easy, man. Cheaters. He won in the NFL, and he's going to do it again for days. Okay. Well, he's inheriting a phenomenal quarterback, so that doesn't hurt. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Am I sad that he's not the Bears coach? It would have been a great story. But again, I th- like you. George does not have the statistical fortitude to fucking do it. Mommy said. Mommy says. Mommy says I can't hire Jim Harbaugh. Mommy probably is the one that would hire him. She might have more balls than fucking George does. Uh, yeah, it'll be. It'll, uh, I'm, I'm certainly. Going to keep an eye on the Chargers. It'll be interesting. But the Chargers are cursed. The Chargers are absolutely cursed. The Spanos are cursed. They're the Atlanta they, Falcons of the West Coast. They sold this. They're sold to the devil. Moved their team to LA, and now every team that travels there gets another home game on the year. Because <laughs> LA does not give a shit, and and San Diego doesn't either, because they now hate them for moving. Um. I, I'm I'm 
I'm at the foregone conclusion that Caleb is a bear, so I'm more curious about what happens at nine Not or Dallas Turner after. I I mean I that'd be fine. I, t- I when we brought that up, you know, quite a while ago. Yeah, we did. But it, now it's you funny that Dallas Turner or one of the premier. Obviously, Marvin Harrison will say is gone right there. But would you rather have Dallas Turner or one of these pass catching options? I mean, if I mean, if, a, they like, if, that's, if that's it, if that's the only two options, Turner. Well, it, yeah, like Lucas said, it would depend on what they did in free agency. If they signed like I, uh, Chase Young or something, yeah, or I said or signed. something. But or I was also saying like if they signed a big name receiver, then you could have taken it. Either way, you're going to have to probably draft and or sign a big name free agent receiver or edge rusher. But this year the draft, you could find a solid receiver. I think in the second round. Oh yeah, there's a lot of talent there this yeah. year. I, I was going to say you could trade down. So like, I mean, do you they think definitely that, might trade down. Do you think the Bengals let T Higgins get away? Yes. Ah, uh, they might. Yeah. Do Possible. you think? Do you think the Panthers let Brian Burns get away? No. He mm, might not want to go back there, dude. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't necessarily make a difference. Uh, but Michael Pittman Jr. Potential be all right. That'll be all right. Mike Evans also, obviously, we brought up him. Uh, Hollywood. Uh, Joe and I were talking though. I think. I, I think the reason the Bears won't sign Mooney is because in this offense, all the wide receivers need to be able to block. And Mooney was not good when they asked him to do that last year. Tyreek doesn't block. Who? Tyreek Hill. Oh, I was mainly talking like Rams, like Nakua and Cup are great blockers. You look at Shani, Ayuk, and Kittle, and all, all them dudes block. Eric last Decker. year, last year, ESB had a nice role in the offense just from his blocking. I mean, yeah, you refused, you, you refused to believe that that was going to be a thing. <laughs> We're not going to keep him just because he can block. Makes me so mad. Our receiver stunk. But yeah, Mooney, Mooney got ran over way too many times on like screens or something where they would make him the lead blocker, dude. Horrible. Um. Yeah, so I think but I also, Chris, now I asked Joe this earlier. Would you be surprised if they took Bowers? If he was available and they took him? So I've seen a, I've seen a big dis- disparity between where people think he'll go and where, like, people with insight think he'll go. Like, I've so seen... Burger. Brugler had him at six, and he had a good point that Harbaugh loves his tight ends. It's kind of right where he took Vernon Davis, I think, that year. But you're right. I have other people – have seen other people send him all the way down to, like, I don't know, right before 15, yeah, yeah, 15 to 20. So I think at nine it might be – it would really depend on who's not – would I be, like, upset if they took him? No. Do I think they need to take him there? No. Do I think there's probably other options there? Yeah. I mean, there's plenty. I think there's going to be a lot of things that could happen there in nine. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm really starting to think trade back is more than likely. Unless, like, Matt, like, if Neighbors is there at nine, I think it might run to the podium. 
or Turner. Honestly, like Turner's a good. Would be I think. Pick. I think Turner is very much their type of player that they like. Just like his his athleticism is going to be off the charts. I think Ibrahulus will really like that. And I heard a good comp actually earlier. Brugler kind of said Alabama used him like Parsons. And I was like, it's not a horrible comparison. Like they're both. I don't know that just super. Is he that athletically gifted? Yeah, I don't know, Joe. He's pretty. I think he's pretty. No, 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 not like Parsons, but I think he's like probably going to test as the best defensive end athlete in the class for sure. To me, Parsons, Parsons plays with that. Well, I was going to. I'm going to kill you mentality. Is does Dallas Turner have that dog in him? I don't know if he has the the dog of Parsons. It's hard to tell. But he definitely plays more like he plays like a linebacker hybrid. Like they drop him back in coverage a lot. Like he's athletic enough to cover yeah. people in space if you want him to. So can he set the edge, Joe? Yes. Well then, yeah, that's I, dude. And if you if you just go on Twitter right and type in Dallas Turner, the first highlight you'll see is of him is doing the Cleo Cleo Max single arm shove and then sacking the quarterback in the Georgia game. When his lights be are on, he is really, really damn good. His, he doesn't have the same motor problem that Terrell Lewis had, to my opinion. Um, but I do think that he likes to rush the passer and set the edge a whole lot more than he likes to drop back in coverage, just as a personal preference. Um, good. I don't, I don't want my defensive end dropping back in coverage. And, maybe, in, maybe in a 3-4, but not in a 4-3. I don't want that shit. But I, I, I think he's a – you know, the, the thing about Dallas that really impressed me this year is when Alabama was, oh, shit, you need to have a stop here, Dallas Turner came through and got quarterback pressure pretty much consistently. Like, you might have not seen him through the whole game, but, ooh, we're in crunch time. Oh, it's getting tight here. Dallas Turner did a really good job of, oh, I'm about to make a game-changing play or a game-sealing play. I just think I- that. The fit outside uh, across from Montez Sweat is really good too. I think yeah. on the yeah. other side. I mean, I think we we definitely need uh, a, an edge, but I think I think three technique is still very much in flux. Uh, there's a lot of good D tackles that are are available in free agency as well, so that'll be. That, that's the position I would really like to see them get a veteran. I mean, they obviously have the young guys last year, but just put a veteran defensive lineman in there and then worry about drafting as much offense as possible. You throw the house at uh, Chris Chris Jones? Yeah, but even a guy like, like Christian Wilkins or someone like that, I'd be very happy with. Or like, uh, what's the dude's name in Baltimore? Justin Matabuke. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Is he? Yeah, he's okay. Um, yeah, I'm out fucking three months of this, dude. It'll be just. <laughs> it'll be interesting to watch the senior bowl stuff. What well, this uh, year is the junior and senior bowl. They're now allowing. This is the first year they're allowing juniors to join. What? Yep. No that's, way. That's why we're getting guys Man. like Jack. That's like why we're getting guys like Jackson Powers Johnson there now. Am I have I have I only been in a hotel for three days or like three months? Jesus, that's cool. I don't know who Jackson Power Smith and Jigba is. I don't know who that is. Who? 
He's the number one ranked center in the country from Oregon. Uh, Is he he better than your Georgia guy, Joe? Yes. I like Van Pran as a later round option, but Uh, he could be. be. I haven't seen a lot of him. Van Van Pran in like the second most of the time. Van Pran last year was like the shit, and then, I don't know, there's like three or four guys that passed him this year. But Mm. the last, uh, I think Brugler had this guy going at like 20th or 22nd or something like that. Mm. I'd rather, I mean, if we're going with Caleb Williams, I'd rather see a veteran center. Yeah, you can get some of those grinded out positions in free agency. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, there's, um, I'll be a center available. Let's see here. What center can, what is it? I'm pretty sure one of the Seahawks centers are available. As Chris is looking that up and we're rounding around an hour, let me ask you guys about the last team left in the NFC North that's alive. Are we all three pulling for the 49ers this weekend, or are either of you guys going trader mode and pulling for the Lions to get to the Super Bowl? I'll never pull for the Lions. Pulling for isn't the word I would use. Hope for the Bears' future is probably more of the like. If the Lions can make it to the Super Bowl, that means the Bears could eventually make it to the Super Bowl. They're about as fucking destitute as the Lions right now. Or the Lions. The fact that the Bears gave the Lions the worst quarters of their entire season is hilarious to me. Um, I am. I have a friend at work that's a Niners fan, so I'm I'm pulling for the Niners. Um. But, like, I think if Debo Samuel doesn't play, Brock Purdy's in trouble. I just – the Lions' defense is not good. I don't think that's true. I think they're very good. They give up – no, they give up a ton of explosive plays. Their offense is just better. Well, their secondary might not be great, but – and they're like, like that deck, that linebacker that they drafted. I don't think ever shows up. Like I don't even know if he's out there half the time. He, he was named Pro Football Writers All All Rookie Team. I think he was the only rookie linebacker. Mm, that might be right. Okay, I was gonna say like, were there any other guys that even got snaps, <laughs> dude? Like that's well by de facto. We got to put this undrafted guy because he's the only one that played. <laughs> that's hilarious. Bro. Uh, I mean, I'm totally just joking, but I honestly really can't remember that many linebackers. That no, the, the other the other linebackers because I had to write a story about Will Anderson getting named to it. You had Jack Campbell, Ivan Pace Jr. from the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, he and, was like a backup, wasn't he? And, and and Byron Young of the Rams are the three linebackers that were. Oh, Byron put, Young is good. Yeah. But like Darnell Frank, Wright, we should give Darnell Wright a shout out. He made he made that uh, all rookie team. He should, dude. He's a fucking beast, dude. Yep. Uh, Branch is good. Jameer Gibbs is very like they had a good draft, man. Fucking uh, what's this? Laporte is ridiculous. Like, yeah, they're a problem. They're a big problem. We are way behind again, and it's well. That's why I mean, I tweeted after the divisional round or the wild card round, one of where the Lions and Packers both won. I was like, I hope the McCaskies watched fucking football this weekend and saw our division rivals both winning and uh, winning in pretty fine fashion, just to like spark some fire under their ass. 
and then the Packers took the 49ers to the brink. Right. Man, I think feel like the 49ers more or less shot themselves in the foot most of that game. They yeah. were not ready for that, but I mean it's it's probably I mean it could have to do with like just layoff. They just weren't weren't ready. That pick you, like, at the end of the game was hilarious though, man. Dude, the fact that the Packers dropped two easy picks was oof. Hey man, normally they get those catches though. I feel like the Packers, no matter who they fucking play, they always get them kind of breaks. And this game, it finally went the other way. Yeah, but still, I'm just saying, man. Oof. Tough stuff. Tough, tough stuff. Um. Uh, so yeah, um, my official bets are um, the Ravens Niners with the Ravens winning in the rematch again. I would not be upset with that Super Bowl at all. That would be that would be fine for this neutral perspective. I just don't want to yeah. have these damn Lions fans. Yeah, we finally won. Could you imagine if they won the Super Bowl? Oh my god. Uh I I would say it'd be a sign of the apocalypse and we all should get our, our uh, affairs in order. Golf's gonna poop down his leg. That'd be great. That'd be great. Chris, anything else on your mind tonight, man? We're rounding out an hour. I know you popped in here a little. We just want to make sure that everybody gets all the thoughts, storylines, topics all out. I have a completely off topic. I'm going to see the last two NBA MVPs face off against each other on Saturday. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Assuming uh, assuming Embiid plays in Denver, which – I get it if he doesn't want to. I think he's scared. I mean, dude, it's it's hard to breathe here, man. We just had like 400 people here from out of state, and they were all dying. I get it. Do you have oxygen it. bars over there? Oh, bring your own fucking oxygen, pussies. <laughs> uh, no. No, but like the hardest thing is uh, is alcohol. It's so funny because people drink have like people have like two drinks and they're like, "I am wrecked." I'm like, yep, that's what that happens. That happens. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. It's uh, dehydration is like instantaneous. Nice. Drink lots of water. Um, I I, I don't know. I'm excited to see how this offensive staff shapes out. Um. I wanted to talk about something that I thought about. Uh, so Khalil Herbert ended up leading the team in rushing at 600 whopping yards and missed a bunch of games and looked like dog shit after coming back from the ankle injury. Uh, I guess, first off, do you guys remember who we all had leading the team in rushing or like what we all thought? You guys remember that episode? I didn't go back and look at it. I thought about it and I wanted to, but I didn't go back and look. But I feel I like just- a lot. I feel like we said Foreman. I feel like a lot of us did say Foreman. And it was on the right track there for a while, and then, I don't know, they kind of went away from him. him. Yeah, they stopped using him, and I don't know. But do you think running back is a – Joe and I mentioned this earlier. (laughs) Is a a need, or um, where would you you put that need, or what would you – how would you address it? I would put that need, okay, I would put it behind quarterback, behind defensive line. I would put it behind safety, but about right there. 
Uh, yeah, about right there. Somewhere in between safety and interior offensive line. Offen- You're on mute, Joe. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> right in the middle of his sentence. So you put it in between safety and interior linemen? Yeah, I, I think that you're going to have to use an asset like you used last year on Deontay Foreman uh, to, to either bring somebody in or, hey, it's a, here's a fifth, sixth-round pick that we're just getting another Roshan Johnson type. So the only thing like Roshan isn't – he's not super explosive, right? I mean, he, he runs with a, a abandon and he doesn't – do you think he run or he passed blocks as well as we thought he would this year, Lucas? It's also yeah. hard with it's also hard with fields because motherfuckers always running around. He had his moments, but he definitely struggled a little bit at times. I, th- I mean, I still like Herbert. I still think he fits the system well, and he played well at the end of the year. But I think it's something that I don't think it's like like I don't think we're a sign Saquon Barkley type away from. I don't think we should throw money at Barkley or or even Josh Jacobs, but. I also don't want to use like a like if they trade down and end up with another second. I don't want to use a second on a running back, but I'd be okay with a third. So, do we think Ian Cunningham is going anywhere? Not at this point. It doesn't look like it, does it? Yeah. It's interesting. People, we, I, I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. People are almost like for sure a uh, lock for getting those two thirds. <laughs> oh yeah, next year when Ian Cunningham gets the whatever job, we'll have two thirds and blah 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 blah. <laughs> he ain't going anywhere. Next year he's getting it after we draft Caleb Williams and he's a superstar. And Joe's gonna buy some Williams jerseys when the Bears win the division. I'm game with that too. If he wins the division rookie year. I thought, he was buying, I thought he was buying this Williams jerseys anyway. If we draft any Alabama player. Dallas Turner. Or if Caleb Williams wins the division. What was the Eberflus one? If he wins the division as the Bears coach, what do we get? Like will, every every, every jersey, like every color jersey, wasn't it? He will never win. He will never win it. So wait. So if Caleb <laughs> Williams wins the Division Eberflus will have gotten fired in midseason somehow. Is that what I'm hearing? He he will be the head coach, but that's how confident I am that neither <laughs> it won't happen next year. Like they might make the playoffs as a wild card, but they ain't beating the pack. They're not. They're gonna. He's, he, I don't have. Any well, confidence. you said you said Eberflus will never win the division. It doesn't have I, to be next year. Could be I, the year after I that. I stand by that. I stand by that. All right, we got Williams so jerseys on the line. We got we get Williams jerseys, and we get like four other jerseys if Eberflus wins. Like we could have like the entire Luke, offense. Luke, Luke, write this down. Here you go. Here's here's a jersey. <laughs> if the Chicago Bears draft any Alabama players in any of the seven rounds, any of the seven rounds, dude. Well, we're gonna get a long snapper jersey here soon. <laughs> all right, all right. There's one. Write that. If Check. Caleb Williams wins the division in his rookie year this year, then we'll do Caleb Williams jerseys. How about that? There we go. There we go. And then 
you can double it down for Matt Eberflus anytime division champion. NFC North head coach of the Chicago Bears if he leads the head the Chicago Bears to an NFC North title, which he will not do ever. Joe could be buying six jerseys by the end of the year. Could be, but I feel. What if we took an Alabama? What if we took an Alabama player with every pick? Well, we're gonna be uh, in debt, but that'll be okay. I'll, I'll be a happy man. <laughs> Dude, it should be first round only. They buy. Uh, he, they draft a punter. You know, like the seventh round. Is Bama's punter any good? He's coming back for another year. James Burnett, Australian. Oh, so he is good. Um, okay. One more year. So they draft. They draft a Bama player. There's one jersey. Caleb yep. wins. There's there's another jersey. And Eberflus wins. There's another jersey. That's three jerseys each for Lucas and I. Three for it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm game with that. <laughs> On the Eberflus line, you can have the the player of your choice. On the on the second line, Williams winning in the rookie year, it'll be Williams. And on the first line, Alabama player, it'll be who, whatever that Alabama player. Is. Do we get to pick which color? Or are you picking colors sure. too? Sure, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just let it no, be known. No, let it no, be no, written. no. If if <laughs> if Eberflus wins the division, Joe has to get us custom jerseys, like with our names on them. Yep. Nice. I'm fine with that. You could make it like Walter Payton, 85 throwbacks. He's not going to win the division. Mine's going to say believe in monsters. Mine's going to say Eberflus number one. I will happily. That will mean that I'm wrong, and then that will mean that I am very, very happy at the end of the year. Eberflus number one. Here's, but here's the problem, Joe. Like – Oh no! I'll be cheering against my wallet. I will be cheering against my wallet if the, if they are in position to win the division. I absolutely want the division title. Yeah, but you're precursing them. You're already like betting against them because I know that Matt Eberflus is not capable. <laughs> they but, should have fired his but, ass three weeks ago. But oh, Williams, God, you got him started again, Chris. But Williams is capable. 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 Yeah, that's that's my dad joke of the day. <laughs> um, I think he could be if he didn't have a dumbass head coach that he will go out to walk into. He's going to he tell have him a dumbass. He's, he's going to say, "Hey, man, two hundred yards and two touchdowns, Caleb." Hey, I got a question. What do you guys think about? Well, shit, dude, you got to put limitations on that numb nuts field. <laughs> hey, just don't throw interceptions and at least get me two touchdowns and try to get two hundred yards, bro. I mean, can you give me that? Do you guys think that uh, Eberflus was really defending Fields in these OC interviews? <laughs> I told Joe exactly what happened. I knew you it. were there. I was there. Nice. No, I, my suspicion is that that rat Kingsbury just went right to Breer and told him exactly what the fuck happened. Because today Albert Breer came out with an interview with Kingsbury, and they were talking about Caleb and Mahomes. So, I don't know. Just makes sense to me that a day before when that other report came back, he was definitely the rat that told Breer what was said. So I'm sure he went in there and was like, yeah, draft Caleb Williams. Like, that's my dude. And then Eber Flus was probably like, well, you could have fields too. I mean, and defending fields doesn't necessarily mean anything about anything. It could just be like, yeah, fields is a really good leader. He has their character for Chicago. The, yeah, the context pl- of the, the players the whole, really like him. 
the context of the whole quote actually started about Caleb or something too, but that part of it was left out. Obviously. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Lucas Barry, you're a very wise man. You think Kingsbury did it? You think I'm on to something? I think Kingsbury did it. Yeah. Yeah. That little fucking rat probably ran right to Breer. It said that. And Breer made and Breer made a misleading headline. Of course he did. Clicks. Bait, We're bait dumb the, mammals. Bait We're the all bears dumb man. mammals on Twitter. Bait clicks, the bears. Clicks, man. clicks, 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 clicks. Yep, that's all I got, boys. Lucas, anything else you got on your mind tonight? Chicago Bears related, football nope. related, life related, basketball. Your 76ers, Embiid with 70 points, man. 70 big ones. Nuts, man. Nice, nice. All right. Well, next week we will be talking Senior Bowl a little bit, and we'll continue to talk defensive coordinator. We'll talk defensive coordinator higher next week because the Bears got to sort that out uh, ASAP. So uh, anybody else got anything? If not, you can follow us at BIM underscore pod. You can follow us at Shy Bears 1985 at Elberry underscore 40 at Joe Gaither 6. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the program on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're a proud part of the Believe Network, and we do it each and every week right there on all those platforms, and we appreciate you guys joining us. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you throw the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.